Hey, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Yes, it's good to see you here with us on this Sunday morning. If you are in our groups, uh, more than likely your group met this past week. Uh, we have started those back up, and um, we're glad that you're in the groups. In fact, there are so many of you in groups that some of our groups are already multiplying, all right, which is an amazing challenge to have in a church. And um, so help your group out. Say, yeah, we'll, we'll host and we'll help lead, whatever it may be, and, and we'll get you connected. Uh, and if you're like, hey, I'm not in a group, I want to jump in a group, you can still sign up and we'll figure out where to put you, okay? Uh, but we love being able to offer groups during this time of year. And if you're in our neighborhood groups specifically, you're going to be talking about what we talk about on Sunday morning. So whatever the topic is on that Sunday morning, that's what you're going to discuss in your groups. And that starts today. If you're in a Sunday group like my group, then we're going to start talking about that today. And you're going to talk about that in your neighborhood group this week. But, but as you can see here, the series is called It. And some of you are pretty smart. And so you're like, it's October, Halloween, are we doing a series on Stephen King's It? No, okay? I don't like scary movies. Scary movies actually scare me. I think and dream things, and it's just weird for me. So I, we're not doing a series on that It, okay? So you're trying to think, what It are we talking about? Are we talking about the It that everybody wants, right? right? Culture's like, you got to have It, and so businesses are looking for it. The military is looking for it. Schools, nonprofits are looking for it. Um, Washington sports teams have been looking for it for decades. They still can't find it. Churches. Churches hope to be blessed by it. Everybody seems to be looking for it. We're looking for it in our jobs, in our careers. We're looking for it in our homes. We're looking for it in our, our marriages. We're looking for it in our dating relationships with our kids as we lead people. We are looking for it. Now, here's the deal. Some organizations, some leaders, some nonprofits, some schools, some churches, you can look at them, and you know what you say? They have it. And you know it when a group has it, right? Chick-fil-A. Let's talk about Chick-fil-A just for a moment here. Probably some Chick-fil-A fans here. Like, like you drive past a Chick-fil-A, is it ever empty? It is, Sundays. <laughs> How many of you ever driven to Chick-fil-A on a Sunday morning and like, wow, there's nobody here. This is great. I have done that, going to church a couple of times. Back in the day, I'm like, oh, no wonder nobody's here. I forgot their clothes. And all they do is chicken. Think about that. The number one fast food restaurant in America when it comes to revenue per store per year, $6.1 million on average. Think about that. They have it, right? And there's a few of you, I know you, you're like, oh, it's because it's Jesus chicken. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, but there's something else going on there. There's a business structure, whatever it is that they have. I mean, there's something about them. And you look at a company like that, you're like, they have it. Again, we know companies, fast food restaurants, uh, businesses that, that have it, and some have it, and of course some don't. Well, what is this it? Well, here's the answer. I don't know. Right? And none of you know either. It's just, it's just, kind, of, it's just kind of there, and, and we know it when we see it, and we know it when it's not there. Is this the kind of it that we're talking about over the course of the next few weeks? Yes and no. Because here's the deal. Some of you in this room, probably quite a few of you, you have it. 
And, and this it has changed you. This it has transformed your life. Your life is different because of it. And your life is better because of it. Now, some of you are fully engaged with this it. And others of you, you probably have forgotten that you have this it. And over the course of the series, we're going to talk about that. But there's another group here that you don't have it. And over the course of these next few weeks, we're going to talk about how you can have this it. Now, what is this it? Where do we find it? We find it in Scripture. In fact, we find it all throughout Scripture. But one of the places that we find it most concentrated is the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, we find this it over and over again. We see this it in action. And so over the course of this series, we're going to be spending our time talking about it here in the book of Acts. So we're going to start at the very beginning, Acts chapter 1, starting with verse 1. Here's what it says. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Let's start here and kind of look at the context of the book of Acts. Um, It is written uh, more than likely by a guy named Luke. Luke was a doctor, and Luke is also known to have been a traveling companion of Paul as he's going out and planting these churches. But uh, Acts is actually part two of a two-part series, kind of like the movie It was back in the 90s. If you remember when it came out, I think it was like two parts. But anyway, uh, that is, I did watch that, and that's why I don't watch scary movies anymore. But um, but, but the first part of this is Luke, okay? And if you look at Luke, Luke writes about the story of Jesus, talks about Jesus' life and what Jesus did and what Jesus taught. Acts is a follow-up to that, and Acts is all about what happened, what was the outcome of Jesus' life. And so we have this two-part series here with Luke and with, with Acts. Now, as you, you see uh, up there on the screen, actually, uh, the slide before this, we see that name, Theophilus. Who was Theophilus? Uh, It was thought that Theophilus was someone who may have experienced Jesus at some point in his life, been around Jesus a little bit, uh, but more than likely, uh, financially, is the person who told Luke, hey, I want to finance you writing these books. I want to make sure the masses get the story of Jesus. And in those days, it was extremely expensive to write books, to write anything. And so having someone who could finance this would have been a huge deal. And so if you look at the beginning of Luke, and as we see here at the beginning of Acts, we see this name Theophilus. So Theophilus is a real person connected to this, and again, may have been the financier for these books being written. But if we go a little bit lower here, what we find is this passage really is a a transition piece. Luke's coming out of Luke and saying, hey, real quick, here's Jesus, and then like, hey, Here's what we're going to see that's going to happen as we move forward. And so it's really this transition piece from from Luke into the book of Acts. Well, what's coming next? Look at verse 5. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus has resurrected and he's eating with his disciples. In fact, this is his last time with his disciples. He's going to eat with them. He's going to have a conversation with them and then he's going to be gone here shortly. But if you look at what he says here, it's like something, something's coming. And the something is a gift from God. So here's what I want you to do right now. Just hang out and wait for it. What is this it that we are looking at in this series? And you're all very, very smart. It's the Holy Spirit it. Okay, I won't use that joke the rest of the time. (laughs) Holy Spirit from here on out. Thanks for the three of you who make me feel better for chuckling. It's the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to talk about. This is the gift that's coming. In fact, uh, some Bibles actually title this book Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because if you look through the book of Acts, you see Holy Spirit over and over and over again in it. And in Acts, we we see what the Holy Spirit does in the followers of of Jesus. We see its importance in the start of the church. We see its importance in the story of Jesus, the good news of Jesus spreading out into the world. And, And like I said, for some of us, we have the Holy Spirit in us. For others of us, we can get it. And again, we're going to talk more details about that over the next few weeks. But I just got to say this because I found this funny to me as I was going through this. About six years ago, I had someone who visited the church and um, stayed with us, I don't know, seven, eight weeks, went to Starting Point. Uh, by the way, if you're new, make sure you jump in our Starting Point class on the 22nd. But, um, but they went to Starting Point, asked some questions there. And uh, a few weeks later, sent me a, an email and they're like, hey, you know, here's a couple of things I just want to share with you about the church and about you. And most of it was good, right? There's, there's a few things in there. But they said there was two things that I didn't do that they had a struggle with. One was they, they said, hey, you don't teach on tithing. I was like, I thought people didn't want you to talk about money in the church, right? Um, and and I, quickly, I believe in generosity. And I think generosity is more than tithing. But we'll, we talk about that at some other time. Not in this series, but some other time to come. But here's the other thing they said. They said, I, I don't ever teach on the Holy Spirit. Here we are six years later, and I'm teaching on the Holy Spirit, right? They just should have waited just a little bit. But again, yeah, okay. Are you guys, did you drink coffee before you came today? I did. Whew. Six. Verse six. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. If you ever read through the stories of Jesus with his disciples, do you ever wonder why he picks these guys? Like they don't get it, right? For three years, they have been with Jesus almost every single day. For three years, they have watched Jesus do these incredible miracles that have changed people's lives. For, for three years, they've listened to his teachings. For three years, they've been a part of all these Q&As that Jesus has had with all these different people. For three years, they've been a part of their own conversations with Jesus. And for three years, Jesus keeps talking about this eternal kingdom. And what do they say? When do we take over Israel? Like over and over and over again. Jesus is like, hey, there's this incredible gift that's coming. You need to just wait on it. It's going to be here in the not too distant future. And they're like, well, that sounds great. But when are we going to get political power? 
When are you going to put us in charge? When are we going to get those cool titles? When is this worldly kingdom coming? And Jesus is like, this worldly kingdom's not coming for you. It's this eternal kingdom that's on the way. And so Jesus responds to them, right? It's like, stop worrying about what God will do. You're, you're focused on things that aren't important. You don't even need to worry about. Jesus is telling them, there, there's a task that God has for you. And it's going to be really big. And this thing called the Holy Spirit is going to be this gift that you're going to get from God to be able to do what God has in store for you. Look at verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I have favorite verses in Scripture. Love Genesis 1.1. I think it's a beautiful piece of, of writing. Um, John 3.16, of course. Uh, I've shared this one before, Galatians 6.3. Nobody knows what that one is, but in that one it says you are not important, right? You are not that important. And I kind of use that as my motto every day, like, hey, Chad, you are not that important. And maybe you've got your own, but, but this is one of my favorites. I love Acts 1, verse 8, because there's so much happening in these words. I mean, a couple things here. This is where we see this it, right? And not only do we see this it, but we see what this it does and what this it will do. Like, there's power from it. There's, there's purpose with it, and there's results because of it. Like, this it is this gift that's coming from God, and everything is going to change because of this. And so let's look a little bit at what we see here in verse 8. Because, uh, again, like I said, there's so much here. First, there's power from it. Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I, I bet these guys, when they hear that word power, their minds go to political power. They're thinking, oh, we're going to get this gift and this gift of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to have this political power. We're going to have prestige and possessions and authority. This is going to be great. But that's not the power Jesus is talking about. Jesus doesn't say you're going to get political power through the Holy Spirit. Jesus just says you're going to get power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Like there is this task at hand for you that you can't do alone. That you're not going to be handle, able to handle even as a, as a group. And this power is going to come upon you and it's going to work in you in such a way that your life is going to be changed. You're going to be transformed because of who Jesus is. The Spirit is going to be in you and you're going to be a different person. And not only in you is going to be changed, but because of the story of Jesus and who Jesus was and, and his experiences and, and being dead and coming back to life, here's the deal. You're going to have the Spirit of God in you and it's going to move in such a way through you that the world will change too. Jesus is going to be gone very shortly after this conversation with, with his disciples. These guys are going to be there alone, and they've got to try to figure out what are we going to do, right? What are we supposed to do when Jesus is gone? I mean, we've been with this guy for three years. What are we, what are we supposed to do now? We left everything. What, what's our next steps? Well, here's Jesus saying, hey, your next steps, this guidance you're looking for, this direction that you need, it's going to come through the Holy Spirit. You're going to be changed. You're going to be different. 
And because of that, the world would be different too. And so we have there's power from the Holy Spirit, but we also have that it will give them purpose. Look at what Jesus says next. Jesus says, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. So what is the purpose of this Holy Spirit coming on them here in a few days? Well, this purpose is that now they're going to be eyewitnesses. They're going to be witnesses to who Jesus is. Now, when we think about that term witness, we think about witnesses, we think of a court of law, right? And, uh, and if you're bringing a witness up on, on, on the, uh, to, to talk to a jury or to, to talk to a judge, you don't want a witness coming up on stage saying, I think I saw, right? You, you want somebody who's going to say, I know I saw. I know because I was there. I know because I experienced this. A witness says, I know and not I think. And so who is better to share their experiences with Jesus than the disciples. It's like I said a little bit earlier, for three years, they heard his teachings. They watched his miracles. They were part of these conversations. They just got to interact with him, just watch who he was and what he did. For three years, I mean, nobody is a more perfect witness to Jesus' life than these disciples were. And so here's Jesus who says, hey, You've seen my life, you watched, you were part of it, you experienced it. Well, this power from God, the Holy Spirit, is coming your way. And in that and through that, you will now be my witnesses. You will now share my story with the world. How are they going to do that? They're going to do it by words. Because, again, they heard these teachings from Jesus, right? They probably had one-on-one conversations with Jesus. And, and, and together in this small group of people uh, with, with Jesus, they, they got a chance to hear his teachings even a little bit deeper. And so they've got words that they get to share with, with the people around them. And so part of their purpose is, is sharing those words. And we'll talk about the power of, of those words over the course of this series. So I'm not going to go much further there. Uh, but, but not just through words, through, through deeds, like people are going to watch them. People are going to see who they are and what they do and how they act and how they react. People are going to watch the, their, their body language. And, and so there's deeds that they have, too. They're going to watch if they help those that are sick and those that, that need help. And again, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about that through this series, too. But, but they're going to be these witnesses for Jesus' life by their own words and their deeds. And so Jesus, like, here is going to be what your life is going to look like from here on out. But there's another interesting part to this passage, and that's that word witness. The Greek word there for witness is also the same word for martyr. And so if you think about these disciples, what they're saying, as, as Jesus tells them, you're going to be this witness for me in my life, it's like this is going to be something you're going to be loyal to. This is going to be your life from here on out. And you know what? It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something to be my disciple. And if you're familiar with the stories of the disciples, you know almost every single one of them was executed for their beliefs. And so they're fully going to live out this term, witness. And so through their actions, through their words, through their loyalty to Jesus, and again, at the cost of almost every single one of them's lives, they're fully going to follow Jesus. And they're going to share the story of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, to the world that they live in. 
And all that's going to come through the power of the Holy Spirit. Which then leads us to the rest of that passage, because there are results because of it. Go back and look at that last line. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Maybe you've been to a pond, a lake, um, maybe a little stream. I guess you can kind of do this at the ocean, but you get a rock. And if you just drop it in the water, you you see the ripples that that come from that. Or you throw it out into the middle of the pond and you you get to watch these ripples as they they expand out. Well, as we read this part of Acts 1-8, I mean, this this is a ripple effect. Here's Jesus who's saying, once this power comes upon you and you start being my witnesses, you start telling people my story to the world, there are results from this. There's sort of, in fact, there's kind of a strategy that we find here. here Jesus says, hey, it's going to start here, starting with you guys. You're my disciples. It's going to start with you. But it doesn't end there. No, your, your job is to now be my witnesses, right? So you're going to start telling people my good news about who I am and what I did and my teachings and my life and my death and resurrection. You're going to do that here in Jerusalem, in this city. But that's not the only place. You're, you're going to start there, but then you're going to break through those walls, and then you're going to go into Judea. And, and Judea was the region that Jerusalem was located in. And, and at this point in time, this is still a, a very... Jewish um, group. Um, in fact, uh, Christianity at the very beginning was known as a sect of, of Judaism because everybody still had pretty strong connections to the Jewish faith. And so it's going to expand to Judea, right? But then it's going to expand beyond that. It's going to go into Samaria. So at this point, you have a semi-Jewish state. And, and so Jesus is like, hey, it's going to go into this group. And, and so maybe in their minds, they're like, okay, well, that's still some Jewish bloodlines that are there. Jesus is like, that's not the end. Like these ripples are going to continue on. They're, they're going to go into the rest of the world, which means they're going to go into the Roman Empire, and they're going to go beyond the Roman Empire. And, and again, it's like this ripple effect, like just dropping the, this rock and, and watching the ripples expand further and further out. Jesus says, hey, here is going to be the results of the power of the Holy Spirit in you and leading you as you're my witnesses here on this earth, the good news of who I am will expand further and further. Well, what does this mean for you and I today? Well, I think there's a couple of things we can take out from this. And, and let me just say this. Um, next week, we're going to go a little bit more detail uh, about the Holy Spirit and where it comes from and some theology and that sort of stuff. So uh, if you're like, hey, what about this? What about this? Just hold your what about this this week, okay? And if I don't answer it next week, then, then we can talk at that point. Um, because I, I love just starting out with Acts 1-8. But here's a couple of things we can take with us. The Holy Spirit is the it we need. Our culture says you need it. right? And everybody's looking for it. And everybody wants it. In fact, we'll spend money on books and and seminars and conferences. Why? Because we're trying to get it. In fact, we'll we'll even pay coaches to help us find it. And then we get jealous of people that we look at, we're like, they have it and I don't, and why is that the case? Our hope is maybe someday you and I will get it. But then what? I mean, what happens when we get it? 
kind of takes me back to Solomon. Solomon says everything under the sun is meaningless. And too often when we're trying to chase it, and that's the only thing that we're chasing in our life, the reality is what we're chasing is meaningless. Now, it might bring us promotions and awards and pay increases, maybe more education, maybe it'll bring us some knowledge, more job opportunities, more responsibilities. And I'm not saying those things are bad. But I am saying that in the end, if we're honest with ourselves, those things are meaningless and to who God has created us to be. And so we too often forget about the it that is a gift from God. We, we forget about the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because here's what the Holy Spirit does. It leads us, and it moves us, and it guides us. And oh, by the way, it convicts us when we're thinking or doing things we shouldn't be doing. I mean, this is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And like I said, we're going to talk a little bit more about what this looks like for us over the next few weeks. And like I said earlier, if you don't have it, we're going to talk about how you can get it. But in the end, this is the it we all need. But there's also a purpose of this it in us. The Holy Spirit leads us on a mission to live out. 1971 was the opening year for Walt Disney World. And Walt Disney had actually passed away five years before that. But on opening day, someone's having a conversation with Mike Vance. Uh, Vance was the creative director for Disney Studios, and they asked him this question. They said, isn't it too bad Walt didn't live to see this? And here's what Vance told them. He responded, he said, he did see it. That's why it's here. The disciples, they had their own vision, right? They, they had this vision of what this life was going to look like. I mean, they, they follow this Jesus guy, and they see all these things that he does, and their vision is this political power. They're going to have authority. They're going to have possessions. They're going to have anything they could ask for. They're going to have these really cool titles. I mean, this is what they're looking for. And here's Jesus who says, that's, that's not why I am here. Like, that's not the vision that God has for you. They can't see the vision that lies ahead. Even as Jesus is sharing these words with them, guess what? They still don't get it. They still don't quite understand what's going on. They don't get this vision, but God, God knows what this vision is. And Jesus knows how this vision is going to be spread. And the Holy Spirit's job is to help guide and lead this group of disciples to live out this vision, to live out this mission. See, the reason this is so important that the Holy Spirit is involved is because you need something to keep you going. In Jesus' day, there were all kinds of messiahs. They were popping up all over the place, and they were saying, hey, I'm here to fulfill the Old Testament prophecy. And so people would start to follow them. And they start this movement, and sometimes it was peaceful. Most of the time, it wasn't. There are battles between them and the Roman Empire. And, um, and what you would find every single time is that when that Messiah died, more than likely killed or executed, you know what happened to that movement? It died too. Like, that was it. But that's not the vision that God has, right? This vision God has is much bigger than that, much better than that. And here's Jesus who showed these disciples how to live their lives and, and taught them how to teach other people. And now here we have the power of the Holy Spirit in the disciples 
that is leading them and directing them so they can lead this movement that God has them starting through this task of beginning this thing called the church. We look at Acts 1 there, it's, it's not just the promise of a gift. There's actually a mission that is a part of that. I like to call this passage the Jesus mission because that really is, if we follow Jesus, why we exist. We exist to be these witnesses to the world of the story and the life of Jesus. A lot from what we learn here in Scripture, but even in our own lives. Like if we're a follower of Christ, we've seen Christ work in our lives. We, we've seen the power of Jesus in our, our lives. And, and if we follow Jesus, we have this Holy Spirit in us. And if we have this Holy Spirit in, this, in us, then we are witnesses to what Jesus is doing. And that may be what Jesus is doing in someone's life. And it may be especially what Jesus is doing in, in your life. But there's something that's happening in you that gives you the opportunity to live out this mission. And you know what? If we go back to those words there in 1.8, we can kind of break it down the same way. If we think about Jerusalem for a second, I would say kind of Jerusalem would be, would be here, okay? It would be here in this place, in, in this, this church. Uh, sometimes we hear witnesses, we're like, okay, everything outside of this place. But you and I get to be witnesses to each other. Again, to what Jesus is doing in, in our lives and how Jesus is changing us and how the power of the Holy Spirit is, is moving us and, and leading us. For example, we have uh, Erase the Red. John was talking about that a little bit earlier. Oftentimes when you say in a church, hey, we want you to jump in. We want you to volunteer. All people here are, hey, they got holes. They just need people to fill, Okay. I would tell you, if that's what you think about our roles here, the volunteer opportunities, then we have failed. These are opportunities to serve other people. In fact, these are opportunities to be witnesses in this place. For example, let me talk about Journey Kids. Three weeks ago, they had 154 kids downstairs uh, over the course of two services. Yep, that's what they said when my wife came home. She was like, woof. Um, over the past couple of weeks, we've had 140 kids down there. We love that. But you know what too often we see? We see it as babysitting. And if you see something like Journey Kids as babysitting, you're missing the point. You know what Journey Kids is? It's an opportunity to help kids take their next steps towards Jesus. You know what that means? That means adults like you and me jump in there and we're witnesses to them about what God is doing in our lives, how Jesus has changed us, how the Holy Spirit's moving in us. I mean, these are opportunities for us to be witnesses to people who really want to know who Jesus was and who Jesus is. So if you hear an opportunity to go jump in, hey, jump in. Look, I did it like six, seven weeks ago. I'm still here. They didn't take anything from me. Nobody hurt me. It was a great day. It's very simple, by the way. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. The videos that we use are the things that teach. You do a little intro, you watch the videos, a couple of questions, you make sure everybody's safe, you answer some questions they may have, or you send them outside to go talk to one of our staff members, whatever it may be. But it's such a powerful way for us to be witnesses, and sometimes we forget about that. Or how about Journey Teens? Journey Teens had 51 teenagers last Sunday night here. A week before, they had over 60. I don't know if you know this, the people who lead Journey Teens are very, 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 very part-time, okay? And the ministry's growing. That should tell you something about them. 
That should also tell you something about what God is up to. Hey, do you know who needs to have eyewitnesses or witnesses to who Jesus is in their life more than anybody else probably today? Teenagers. And there's opportunities for you to jump in like, hey, I don't know what TikTok is or TikTac or whatever it is, but I'm here. That's all teenagers want. Jump in and help. Or any of our ministry areas here, I don't think we realize we're living out the mission of Jesus by the way that we serve other people. We're being witnesses. But it's also in our groups. Man, if you are in a group, don't consume. Jump into that group and like, I am here. Use me. What do you need? You need my house? We're going to use your house. Do you, do you need me to babysit? I'll babysit every single week. Do you need me to do this? Do you need me to bring food? Do you need me to prayer? I, I, I'm here. I will do that. Don't be a consumer. Jump in like, hey, I want to be a witness to what God's doing in my life. And I'm going to do that through my words. And I'm going to do that through my deeds. What can I do? Same thing we do community events. We got some big community events that are coming up here in the next few months. Jump in. Be a witness to what Jesus is up to in your life, that the power of the Holy Spirit is moving in you, that you can say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I believe. And you're living that out in the community. But then take that away from the church. Be a witness in your home, the place that you work, the activities you're a part of. If you got kids, the activities they're a part of. And we have so many opportunities to be this witness. Because here's what Jesus says. Jesus says the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive this, and it's going to work in your life in such a way, it's going to be this incredible gift from God that you're going to be my witness. And it doesn't say you're going to be my witness just at the Journey Church. It doesn't say you're going to be my witness just in your home. No, you're going to be a witness everywhere, starting in Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Hey, that's the mission that we are called to as followers of Christ. And the best part is, in the end, this mission gets to be lived out with so many people. It's not just you. It's not just me. It's not just this church. People all over the world are living out this mission. Are you and I living out this mission? Are we letting the power of the Holy Spirit move in us in such a way that it's leading us to be these witnesses that Jesus talks about. May you and I be witnesses to Christ, and may we see the power of the Holy Spirit working in such a way that more and more people get to know who Jesus is.